welcome to the Universal Hitchhiker. Uh, my name is Jeff. Uh, today we are talking to Cami Gilbert of Oceans of Slumber. Hello, Cami. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. Um, before we get into the upcoming album, uh, I wanted you to maybe start off a little bit about your beginning uh, kind of influences and, and how you got into the music side, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I grew up in a very musical household. Uh, my dad was a local Houston musician, and we had a little studio in our house. Um, he would have all kind of all sorts of artists come over, um, but his love was kind of jazz and, and blues. Um, and so that kind of instilled a lot of music in me. Uh, we were a relatively religious household, so I didn't get, you know, a lot of exposure to uh, the death metal kind of <laughs> he uh, heavier metal things um, until I was a bit older. But I grew up listening to um, a lot of jazz and blues um, artists, all the classic kind of uh, 80s, 70s through 90s crooners and uh, divas of the time so um, that instilled in me just a passion for having a big voice and a louder voice um, my transition into kind of rock and metal was in the, the 90s grunge era uh, bands like Audio Slaves and uh, Soundgarden Alice in Chains that sort of thing uh, kind of they were gateway bands to, to heavier things that I yeah and kind of fr frequent with now um how did you get into well i get i don't even know how to ask uh, how did you get into the band then because it, it's it mm -hmm. doesn't how, how did you become a part of oceans of slumber i'm sorry yeah no problem um i was in a local band a local kind of post-rock band that shared a jam room next door to them um and a benefit show had come up and you know, I feel like in jam rooms, everybody kind of shares a room where they're hanging out or they're across their, each other's spaces and stuff. And so yeah. they asked uh, a friend of our band if we would open for their show. And we were not metal, and so I was very against it. I was like, we're not metal, and we don't need to, <laughs> to be there. But uh, they were like, no, it'll be fine. Like, it's a bunch of different kind of bands. It wasn't. And then they were like, you should go. And so we, we went, and we performed, and Dauber saw me perform, and he fell in love with my voice and asked me to do a duet on what would become winter okay and so the vocalist at the time um had a lot of uh negative extracurricular life activities and so they kind of took him away from the band and so then they were like well how would you like to just sing and we redo the album we we add some songs and we go forward with you because it just, he, he wasn't going to like really come back. And so I was like, yeah, of course. Um, Dauber had grown up loving the gathering. He loved uh, female fronted bands and he'd always envisioned oceans being a female fronted band. And so when he had met me and asked me to, uh, for how it had gone with, with the songs that kind of started out with duets and stuff, he was, you know, very pleased with the direction. And so we just stuck with the whole thing. So you said the band that you were originally in when you played with them wasn't really that style of music. What style was it? It's kind of like post-rock, alternative rock. Um, they they were pretty young, and 
I mean, I was younger. I was like early twenties and they weren't, we weren't really serious. We didn't have anything recorded. Um, we weren't really doing anything too serious. That would, that show for oceans was my biggest show at the time that I was old. I am out of my element. (laughs) But it took, that's good. Yeah. I went over well. When, at what point in time when you were, even before the band, um, at what point in time did you decide that that was the direction you wanted to go? Um, not just music in general as uh, a career per se, but to get into more of the heavier side. Um, what what kind of helped you drive that direction? I, I'd always loved guitar. Um, one of my first gifts was electric guitar. Um, and, you know, watching, like, my dad always had an appreciation for rock and kind of instilled, I guess, some of those bombastic qualities that heavy metal music can have, especially when it came to, like, vocalists. I feel like big belters are very, I mean, it's the same fry scream. Aretha Franklin, I'm pretty sure, does fry screams in her. Or Patti yeah. LaBelle is fry screaming all over the place. And so that, that, that it didn't seem so foreign to then necessarily put it over metal. Um, but really it was primarily around the introduction of getting into the band that I saw the, the vast spectrum of what metal had and what progressive metal even was or doom metal, which I've fallen in love with that there are all these other elements under the bigger umbrella of metal that I, I felt like pretty at home with kind of experimenting or seeing where I found my footing. Gotcha. Um, and then, as I understand it, as soon as, pretty much as soon as you joined the band, you kind of became the primary songwriter? Yes. Lyrics um, and music both? No, no, no. Just lyrics. Um, oh, okay. Lyrics and melody of the vocal lines. Dauber writes the majority, if not most, like all of the music. And he has a, a very rich and uh, deep <laughs> grindcore and death metal uh, history so where does the soft side come from then because i mean the music is i mean it's an almost every song if not every song is an emotional roller coaster um so when you say he's kind of more on the death metal side or or the the heavier side where does that softer more melodic i guess more beautiful uh part of the songs come from i mean that that's him as well he's he's one of the most talented musicians obviously i've ever i've ever met i'm might be biased but he he's classically trained pianist um he you know frequently listens to everything from rock modern all to you know guttural death metal that he has on but it's it's all in there i mean he he has such an appreciation for styles and for creating these soundscapes and the the cinema aspect behind the journey that the albums take us on that it, it, it's all from him. I mean, he can be so incredibly delicate when he brings up like these string sections or he wants to kind of flesh out or build these great choral arrangements. Like it, it's all there. I think that the, the elements that make something as harsh as grindcore and death metal also open a vein in people towards more emotional or delicacies of things because I mean, blast beats and hearing the the tones and the intricacies of that fast drumming, but when he hits the hi-hat or he's hitting a cymbal and those accents, it's like, it it has to shape your ear. I think it definitely takes a a trained ear to hear the intricacies within 
death metal and grindcore songs that in, in making them you're you're breaking them down to their elements yeah i mean a lot of people that try to judge the music before listening to it i mean i guess with any genre if you listen to just the surface and a few songs you're not going to really dive in but if you listen to it on a more constant level and that's kind of your niche you really can hear all the differences and like you said the intricacies and things like that um yeah so when you guys create is it is it lyrics before music or music before lyrics or how do you determine the direction of the song um it's almost always music first um or it's almost it's always music first i they finish the songs i get the rough demo um and then i build off of it from there and i'll either either come up with lyrics that i feel came out right then and there of listening to it or dauber will have themes or ideas um that he thinks could help kind of formulate the lyric side or i or it reminds me of something I've already written that I go and then kind of transpose and, and fine tune to fit into the song. Uh, when, with writing this album, I guess, and recording, um, half of the band is new um, or has only been with the band since last year. Was that harder or possibly easier to kind of get, get things done and, and kind of get the album recorded? I think it was easier for a multitude of reasons. I think they were easier to work with and they were eager and energetic about being a part of this project and, and, and getting it done. Um, in the transition, a lot of the album was being written by Dauber. And so as the new members came in kind of like one at a time, they would come in and layer on their contributions. And so it really brought the songs together in a unique way that as the band was forming, the album was finishing. And so when it finally fully came together and the band was like complete, it, it just seemed so finalized and it, and it worked out so, so organically. But I think that it, it, it made the process easy enough. Everybody came in ready to contribute and ready to uh, work. And then, you know, the availability versus let's say if you had a band and they've been through the process before and they a little bit might just be a little bit more lackadaisical about it or drag their feet or be like, well, I don't like where the song is going. It's like they came in knowing what was there already and agreeing to work with it. And so then they did. And then we could complete the album a lot smoother. Um, and then a lot, of, a lot of this was recorded during the pandemic, right? Or was it this before? Is, we, all the recording was done before the pandemic. Some of the videos, uh, we've had to try and make over the pandemic, but all the, the recording we thankfully had gotten all finished up. I noticed uh, maybe it's just me. It seems like, and I've uh, unfortunately I've only had the album for a couple of days. So um, obviously I've listened to every song quite a few times, but I haven't been able to dabble deeply in the lyrics, but from what I have heard compared to the previous stuff, does this album seem a lot more personal? than some of the others not that the others don't have personality and and everything in them but this one seems like it might be more deep i think that the depth of this one is more encompassing for everyone versus just us uh, as individuals the vanished heart i would say is like an incredibly personal album but it definitely was more singular to an experience between dauber and myself um and it was a lot doomier whereas i feel like this album 
speaks to a depth and a nature that everyone's dealing with um, as it kind of talks about more societal conflict or that characteristic of, of how everything around you affects you versus me just talking about my own personal like bad day although that song is completely on there too <laughs> right and so it, it, it I tried to make it seem more like a song anyone could take on as their own versus just hearing like someone else's story I guess if that makes sense what made you guys decide to do a self-titled album um I think it was pr primarily that this was going to be a fresh start that you know we had worked through all of these hurdles that we had found these new members that we were carrying on and we were ready to put our stamp on what the next thing was going to be um you know we're very confident in this this move forward for the sound that we've captured and what we've put together that we never know what's going to happen and at this point in the discography like we just felt you know it was time to to give it that name this is us here we are yeah <laughs> <laughs> You, this uh, this was produced, or you had worked with a lot with uh, Dan. I don't want to say. I hope I don't say it wrong. Uh, is it Dan Swano? I, I know uh -huh. who he is. Yeah. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly. So. That's how we say it. If we're saying it uh, wrong, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> and is this the first time you've worked with him? Yes. Um, Dauber and him have been buddies for a while, and you know we're big fans of his work on other people's albums as well as his own projects. And. Yeah. Uh, we had, you know, Dauber listens around, he does a bunch of research. He's a, an audio engineer eared man and does a lot of the mixing and stuff, but we wanted to obviously give it that right touch. Um, and so we sent it off to him and let him do his magic. And then were you guys self-produced prior to this or and has, have your other albums had different producers and whatnot? They had different producers. Um, well, they I think they were locally. I'm the worst person to ask this. Oh, no, <laughs> okay. The technical side, but they this is they've been different. And then I want to say we did it in house, but if I'm not giving someone credit, I'm not going to say that. That way they don't get mad. <laughs> no worries. Um, in the song selection, and uh, what made you guys decide to do uh, the uh, typo negative cover, Wolf Moon? We so we'd been doing it live uh, for a few tours or for the last couple of tours, and love that song. Think it's absolutely amazing, and you know we're all huge typo negative fans, and thought it would it was just an, a nice cheeky nod uh, towards the the female form and women's empowerment. That it just kind of it fit perfect, and I think it's a great song for us to sort of uh translate it, it fits our style well and we I know we're, we're huge fans and we've been sitting with that one for a while so we thought you know we put it on the album it's kind of a response song to the red flower uh -huh. um to go from this sort of lucid complicated idea of women and and the and a woman's biology and all the struggles of a woman to this male's perspective on loving a woman during this most vulnerable time and then as a woman singing it that it was just a wonderful host of things that we were working with and I don't know what it it it's so delightful to me to sing that song and have that song like cover uh, when you were decided to record it um 
I'm assuming you had to, did you have to contact the band directly? Did they give any feedback on you doing it? No, we, no, that would be amazing. We haven't heard anything, um, oh. but they get, the label handles copyright stuff is as far as it has to go, which doesn't go through them. It goes through like their legal team or yeah. their label, but it would be awesome if it had to go through them. <laughs> then you'd have yeah. to hear from all the fancy cover, but I, I guess not, you could all not yet. I guess you could always send the three of them uh, a little uh, taste of it and see what they say. You never know. Well, yeah, that was, we'll have to reach out. Um, the first song that we're going to hear uh, is The Colors of Grace. And this was with uh, uh, Mike Moss of Antimatter. Um, if you could tell me a little bit how he got involved with the song and then tell me a little bit about the song. Um, so Mick, Mick Moss. I Wait, think sorry. that might have, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, so we've known him for a few years now, um, and we've gotten to hang out with him. We've run some tours through the UK. Uh, we're absolutely huge fans of Antimatter, and we actually wrote this song with him in mind before we asked him, but with the idea of it being a duet with him. Uh, so I wrote it in mind with, with hoping that it would be something that he would enjoy collaborating on. Um, it I think he did a wonderful job and we like to kind of do a male female uh clean vocal kind of collaboration on each of our albums as a way to just also work with other artists that we respect um this song I wrote after a really bad day or a couple of days and I I had stayed home from work and daughter was home and and I was just so conflicted and just in a, a kind of a bad mental state and you know he tries his best to kind of help alleviate and and be there and supportive and and then I'd had a little bit of time alone he went to run some errands and this song kind of came out at that time where it's this longing and this feeling for for that love to just be enough to feel better when it, it isn't always that you you get into these cycles and sometimes they're hard to break but obviously it helps and to, to have that other person there to understand you and then we decided to make it a duet because once I played him the song he's like well I feel this way with you too he's like you help me when I'm I'm feeling down and so it's it's a call and response but they're they're both singing the same parts because you know that's how a relationship works it, like you're there to help mend each other and when the other person's weak, you have to be strong and vice versa. Here it is, uh, The Colors of Grace. Day is a hurting day No room for anything other than Cause you were 
more about the music side um tell me a little bit because there's a lot of female fronted bands uh, especially coming out over the past five to ten years and i know there's influences from way back in the you know well i mean since music has started but there really seems to be an emergence now um tell me about any struggles with that and and how it and how it's coming nowadays now that the band is starting to get out there and whatnot so i i feel like there's i feel like when it when it comes to female fronted vocalists i think people either initially they assume you either do death metal or you're symphonic metal Mm -hmm. that there's kind of a big gap in between looking to be filled or or available to be filled by the spectrum of that whether it's introducing more clean singing as a doing death metal vocalists or just being clean singing altogether. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an uphill battle just because it is unfamiliar initially to people. And, and I think an ear for what we're doing and, you know, I, there's kind of this idea like, Oh, it sounds pop that it's like, regardless of genre, regardless of style, if a woman's singing clean, it gets kind of connotated that it just sounds pop. And you're like, it doesn't because that's literally just how they sing clean that clean singing women it's like pop isn't the only genre that that's in there's folk there's country there's r&b like there's plenty of other you know genres and so it's kind of breaking that stereotype or breaking that stigma against just clean singing female vocalists that it's like does the music make the genre or do the vocals make the genre i'm pretty sure the music makes the genre that's metal music like that just someone singing clean over it you know doesn't change the genre and so it's been a little bit of a battle with that but I feel like more and more women are getting involved in metal whether it's as instrumentalist 
and drummers or vocalists. And I think that that's great. And and even the spectrum of women's growls, you know, because it, it is going to be different, but I think that there's inflections that are, you know, just as appealing. And so hopefully moving forward, you know, we see more women getting involved that, that, that there's, there's plenty of room to expand. Well, I, I think, I mean, as long as I've been doing this and I've noticed that, I mean, if you if someone were to ask me, I honestly think that um, there should be an appreciation and respect because some women in this, in this genre or in any subgenre um, are dominating, uh, if not exceeding, you know, and, and it's, someone needs to start paying attention to that because it's, it's almost way too old school to assume. Um, how, um, and you were, you spoke about in metal and, and in the, and in genres and, and as, as a whole, um, the band or the music tends to sit in a lot of different genres. So where, when someone asks you what, what exact, how exactly do you describe your music? Um, and I, I hate the idea of genres, but it, you know, you guys are very, um, you're able to fit into so many. So how would you primarily describe you guys? I think that we have the strongest elements of death metal, doom metal, and then obviously overall progressive metal. Um, it's like a, it's a nice swing in between death metal and doom metal with a soulful female vocalist. Um, but I know we're incredibly hard to define and then within the same song, we can even kind of switch it up that it, 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 it's a, a good and bad thing for us too because when it comes to like playlists or a label wanting to, <laughs> to do a song or put a song somewhere they're like uh you know it, it makes it a little tricky yeah are you do you do a lot of poetry because as i look at your lyrics it's i mean i don't even know the word for it i mean it's some outstanding lyrics i wonder i guess i was <laughs> wondering if how much how much do you write that isn't um on an album or on a song anywhere? Do you have like a whole bunch of stuff just laying around? Yeah, I do. I write a lot. Um, and I, I'm supposed to be doing something with it, but since it's just me, I am really good at not finalizing, <laughs> releasing or putting it out like a, like a poetry book or something. But I, I write a lot. I like to collect journals. I've always written since I was like a little girl. That was probably my first love before trying to write lyrics or or even like songs it was just writing poems um i, I love reading like a weird thing to say like i love reading but i love reading poetry books and things like that like i i just i love words and i love that the the picture that they can paint in silence in someone's head and so then when you add them to music they become like infinitely better and they're completely unrestricted like it, it's just magical to me and so I I put a lot of time in and I try and be very concise about what I'm what what I'm trying to convey like I never I never try and rush through putting it's like they have to feel just right before I feel satisfied with them becoming a song do you uh do you have some songs that um where the lyrics were extremely personal where it was almost a struggle to want to put it out there as a song um they were so not not initially in wanting 
in putting it out, but after it was put out that I realized that I'd done that. Um, and that was with no color, no light on the banished heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this great mindset and, you know, I wrote it and the song came together so quickly and it was so, it just felt so validating and like fulfilling to have it done. And then it came out and I, and it was like, okay, it's out. But then when we went to create the set list and we started touring and we did the song live, I don't know where it came from, but it was like all this, I mean, I know where it came from the song, but it was like, there was all this emotion that I just couldn't separate to get through the performances that nearly every time we performed it, I would cry. And to the point, some nights where I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like trying to emotionally recover from this. And so I'd have us, if no one requested it, then I'd have us take it off the set list. And so knowing that, feeling and having that towards that song um it's such a deep love song to me and it's it was like a grief song of me towards my dad I lost him uh several years ago to leukemia and so there's it's like you I would it's like you can't write don't try and write songs about unresolved emotions because they're not gonna they're going to be very surface level when you go back to perform them or or revisit them and I think that that's how that's how that song is versus being able to write about like an old grief or uh, maybe like a relationship issue because like you you can kind of fix it but if there's like deep-seated unresolved emotions that 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 can be more difficult and and so kind of in protecting myself and knowing that with approaching writing songs in this new album I kind of took them outside myself a little bit more and tried not to direct them quite as personally knowing that like these need to have i need to have emotional longevity for myself and for performing these so yes (laughs) well let's go the other direction what about when you do put songs out and your fans come back and and give you you know this song helped me through this this song made me feel this um you know when they tell you their emotions about the song how does how does that part? I mean, how, what kind of experiences have you had with that? Um, for the same song, uh, "No Color, No Light," it I just I've never I'd never experienced that before. I'd never had a song like that, and it resonated really deeply. And you know, it's it's pretty clearly like a grief song, and people took it and made it their own. And so I'd have people come up to me before a show and tell me about a loved one that they lost. Um, in great detail, sometimes in tears, and they're like, you know, I look forward to this song later, and it's helped me heal, and it's just, it's been there for me. Um, I, I had a guy come tell me about his twin brother that he just lost. There was another woman who, she hadn't visited that venue since her dad died, because uh, that was, they would go to shows and things together, and that was the first time she was going to be there, was to see us and hear the song. She stayed in her car the whole time, just came in to hear that song. She stood in the very front and bawled the whole time. So then I cried the whole time. Um, but people would come to the front just for that moment and they would, they would cry. And, you know, I'm a pretty empathetic, like sensitive person. So if I see a bunch of other people crying because of the song, you know, it makes me cry too. And so it, it was just so profound and so so much bigger than me but I mean that's what grief is grief is a huge emotion that that rarely gets brought up or it it absolutely doesn't get enough support or recognition for because it it lasts forever it's like you're the waves of it just get bigger 
and you can have more calm in between, but it like, it never goes away. But people, they send the cards. It's the first two weeks, the first month. And then it's like, you're on your own. And so when you can have a song like this to revisit when you need it, when the brief, when the wave crashes back down, you know, I think that's important. When you get emotional, does that make it harder to perform the song or possibly easier? Um, physically singing, it's about the worst thing that you can do is cry and sing. It completely restricts your throat and then it uh, closes off. You're like, it makes your nose and everything run. So you're, yeah. it's, it's really hard to sing and cry at the same time because the way that like just the air intake works. I had my vocal instructor explain it to me. She's like, if you can avoid it, <laughs> try and avoid it. But if you right. can't, like, here's how to relax through it so you can sing. She's like, basically, let your voice just crack, and it's fine. You know, it's like, obviously, they're going to know you're crying, so the emotion's there. Yeah. But it makes performing easier because I like to feel, and I want people to feel me, and I feel like I feel them the most. It's like we're, gonna sh we're shedding tears surrounded by the sound at the same time. I feel like that's as intimate of a, of a performance as you can get. Um, but just physically, it's not comfortable or easy to sing and cry it's like I could hurt my voice so sometimes I let them sing it and I put my head down yeah. <laughs> and I jump back in the song where I can but you know I I fully appreciate when people share and open up and have that vulnerability at our shows I feel like that's what it's meant for because maybe maybe they don't have anyone else to share those moments with or if they're doing it then they needed it and I I think that that's great it's fine uh, given the answer you just gave, this might be a dumb question, but are, do you, do you like playing live a lot or is recording more the thing? I love live. Like live is my favorite aspect of being like a artist. I, I do appreciate recording. I've come to like it a lot less <laughs> than I did in the beginning. It's long days and it can be, it's like being under a microscope and I feel incredibly anxious and self-conscious recording. Um, but I do love hearing the final song because that's, that's when it fully comes to life finally. Yeah. But I feel like live is the perfect in between to everything because the mistakes are kind of forgiven in the grand space of like, you know, the, the, the venue or whatever. And then, you know, the people are there. It's more about, that eye contact and the, and the atmosphere that you create in the room that it is about being like perfect. Whereas recording, it's about like doing it exactly right. And so I feel, I feel forgiven in that aspect for just doing it live. And I, as much as I can be introverted and I stay to myself in my personal life, I, I love being on stage and, and having that exchange with, all the people that came to experience that song live. It just, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And I, I enjoy that. I, I have the ability to, to like grant that experience. So is it like a switch? Are you a different person off the stage than when you're on the stage? I feel a lot more confident on stage than I do in general in life off stage. I guess it may seem like it'd be backwards, but I feel like, I feel like on stage, I can't do anything wrong and, and not in like, I'd, and that's not that doesn't mean like I don't mess up or you know it's like I've tripped I've gotten my hair caught in the microphone stand like I've forgotten parts of the songs or like my mind went blank it's I've made mistakes but I don't I don't internalize them and I don't feel like I beat myself up or bully myself about them the way that I do about things when I'm not on stage because I feel like in that moment 
that's what happened and there's literally nothing I can do to change that. So it's a lot easier for me to let it go and just move on and let the good over overshadow the bad. And like, then we get to meet people afterwards and it, you know, it's just great atmosphere. Whereas I feel like off stage and in real life, I definitely have trouble letting things go or not kind of bullying myself or having that negative self think because nothing's going to move me out of that situation, but my, but myself. And so it's a little bit harder for me to do alone. What did you have a tour planned this year or you, were you waiting until the album came out? No, we had a lot planned and it's been, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, uh, a, a, we had a couple of summer festivals and then we had two or three tours and we were supposed to be on tour uh, July and then for the album release. So there were, there were plans and now, we didn't push them back. They just kind of dissolved. So we'll have to figure out what to do next. You got a, you got a month till the album comes out. And then I mm -hmm. guess after that, you, you can always do more videos, I suppose. <laughs> That's what I figured. I was like, we just need, I was like, there's no reason we just, I mean, other than budget, but we just make videos for all the songs. <laughs> One for each and then release them out. Um, yeah. I, I'm just curious. Have you ever have you ever thought of the idea of maybe doing an acoustic album or something like that, more stripped down? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've done a couple of acoustic shows here in Houston, and we love we love doing the acoustic shows um, or acoustic songs. Mm -hmm. um, we've definitely uh, talked about it, and and it's it's on the queue for for exploring. Now, would you do? would you do some of your songs that you've already recorded as stripped down and acoustic or would you re would you be open to the idea of you know taking some of your poetry and doing a more stripped down album with new songs a mix a mixture of both there's definitely songs we love pr uh, from the previous albums that we have talked about uh creating acoustic versions for as well as writing new songs there's a, a, a there's a couple here and there that like haven't made it on the albums and things like that so we're definitely planning on or planning on that in some some aspect do you have that a lot when you're writing songs do you have a lot that are that just didn't make the album do you discard a lot of them or do you just keep them on the back burner somewhere um it hasn't been a lot it's been like maybe one one and a half songs per album that kind of either the song just didn't get finished uh or one just didn't quite come together to where anybody felt where the majority felt like satisfied with it. Um, but not, not too many. And they, they either get reworked or they don't, or they kind of just hang out, you know, on the desktop, but uh, they, it's not like there's a, a big chunk of, of songs. It, I would really say it's like one and a half. Um, Sometimes I think the one was my fault because I just could not figure out vocally how to like bridge this gap that was in. And I was like, I don't know. And so we're not going to just rush or put something together. And so we, you know, it didn't make, it didn't make it. I'll be honest. I've been trying to, I've been trying to figure out how to ask this question and, and it was in my notes and it was in an email. Uh, we had talked about being a, a uh, female fronted band. Um, when we talk about race, um, being an African-American front woman in the band, has that been any effect on you, especially with everything the way it is right now? 
I think it's definitely made me feel a lot more self-conscious. I think get, getting into the band and getting into the metal scene, I, I was already pretty self-conscious about how I would be perceived and how people would assume that we sounded. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of curiosity or initial uh, mystery about how we sound just by looking at us. Um, that it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just all outright negative, you know, I think that there's plenty of room and understanding open-mindedness more so in the metal community than a lot of other genres. Um, that right now I feel like, I feel a lot of support within the metal community as different people take up just showing their support that things can be different or showing their support that, you know, not necessarily that artists aren't appreciated, but in the struggles of, of just the personal life of different artists and how that contributes to what they feel like they could do. Um, it's, it's been more so outside of music. Obviously I feel a little bit detached from it right now because we're not touring, you know, yeah. um, that it, I, I just, I do feel a bit self-conscious about the things that I say or the things that I do. And I, I want to speak up about issues that are important to me but at the same time, I also don't want to like isolate myself from, from my fans that aren't necessarily people of color. You know, it's like, I don't want to polarize anybody or, or, or be divisive. Um, and so I kind of struggle with finding that balance between taking action and speaking up. I think it's important to, to try and do so in a way that doesn't put other people down. It's like, if, if my only pillar and point is made because I detract from or or bully other people, then that really doesn't, doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I think it's, it's complicated. I think overall the main effect that it's had is just, like I said, it's like people aren't really sure as a, a white male dominated, let's say genre, people are just not sure out of the gate what to do or make of us that let's say if you, if you don't have a lot of other, uh, vocalists, like if, if let's say if you just listen to death metal and you're just not really even into clean singing vocalists, and I'm very clean singing <laughs> versus yeah. maybe something that's like enslaved or you know, but if if you're not into like catatonia or something like that, or even like Opeth, but look at the huge range of what they've done, you know, it's mm. you, you you already have to kind of have I think these other influences to make us more digestible out of the gate or you just have to have a love for incredibly emotive singing that isn't necessarily race related but i think if you just saw our picture i i would take a poll just to really be like okay if you had to pick what you thought these this band sounded like what would uh, it be that's the sad thing of the world we just assume. <laughs> if i had a ball gown on then they'd be like yeah she's definitely a symphonic metal <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's sad. I'm sorry you have to even consider how to approach something like that. That's the that's the crappy world we live in in some parts. I mean, but it's it's sad. I mean, I don't even know how to say it, but it's sad. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry about those things. It should be, here we are, we're going to play some music, and everybody that's standing there should be like, all right, let's hear it. Yeah. You know, should be just that. Um, the next song um, we're going to talk about is a return to the earth below that is my favorite song on the album um 
I wanted to know, and again, it's like, you know, I, I haven't been able to dive into lyrics, and we'll talk about a couple other things after after you tell us a little bit about the song, but um, I did want to know a little bit about the background of it, because it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just like the album itself. There's so many beautiful parts, and then there's parts that just make you want to throw your fist up in the air, and then there's parts that make you want to bang your head, and then there's parts where you just want to cry. I mean, so uh, mm -hmm. if you could just tell me a little bit about the background of that song as well. For this one, I really wanted to, so I'd gotten like a huge song first, you know, let's go back to like when the demo track sent to me and it's a huge song. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big landscape to it. And, you know, I, I break it down into kind of chunks. And with this one, what had come up was I had broken, I washing the dishes, I dropped full beautiful way, these big blue plates, I dropped it and it shattered on, in the sink. And I was just like, God damn, like I'm so over today and <laughs> everything I'm trying to do. And then I have this song that I need to work on. So I left it. No, no children were home and no animals are nearby. So I left it and I went to the computer and I'm like, this is coming out. And so I sat with that song and it, it's just like, you, you have these underlying feelings. And for some people, obviously they struggle with them more than others that you're just like, it's it's negative self-talk it's negative self-think or it's these perpetual habits whether it's addiction or alcoholism or anger outbursts or whatever it is that you you need help getting out of them but you also have to be your biggest helper in figuring them out and on a personal level you're in that orbit but then in a if you look on a grander scale and it's like society has the same things like we loop through these same instances of turmoil and conflict and tension like like clockwork almost to where i mean you look at what's happening now and you had like the marches of martin luther king and what they said about him and how people responded to the marches that are happening now and what people are saying about them and how they're being handled and it's it's eerily similar yeah. and so i wanted to kind of capture this this power this this emotion of being like enough's enough like I'm breaking this I'm going to stand up I'm not going to just sink under the water and die and it's like I'm going to stand up for myself I'm going to stand up for everybody else that needs me and I'm going to I'm going to be there and I'm going to fix myself and I'm going to fix these things I see around me and so I wanted it to be like a, a bit of like an anthem-esque song like this call to action to like you know stand up for yourself and just stand up like you have that strength and you can do it even even when you feel like you're at your weakest or you're at your like lowest point when you think that you can't deal with the dishes in the sink you can you can do it <laughs> it starts minor but it's like it's it can be every little thing sometimes so anybody ever told you how insightful you are <laughs> thank you i think too much sometimes <laughs> sometimes what comes out is good sometimes it's crazy rambling yeah, but when you clean it up and organize it into your poetry <laughs> and your lyrics, it's 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 pretty outstanding. Um, I you know what? I don't have any other questions. All I can tell you is, like I said, I've uh, I've only listened to the album for about uh, maybe forty eight hours, um, along with work and everything. So I haven't been able to dive into the lyrics so much. I am going to write a review on it um, before it releases. Um, but I, I really like the work you guys do. I love that you're not scared to travel different avenues in almost every song. 
Uh, and it's, it's, again, when I said you guys can fit in any genre, you literally can't go wrong. I mean, if you're someone who doesn't quite listen to metal, but when you listen to the clean stuff and the softer side of the song, you know, they can kind of take a little break during that metal side. And then on the other side of it, when the metal hits and the aggression and, and the release, um, if you don't necessarily like the clean side of it or the softer side of it, um, you just kind of take a little break from, from then. I mean, it's just, and mm -hmm. eventually it all melds together to where you can just appreciate it all. Uh, so anyway, I, you know what, I'm just rambling on the album. No, is, thank you. That, that's such a, I, I appreciate your, your insight on it and your feedback on it. Like I appreciate that a lot. Well, some of this I'm going to write onto my review, so I'm just giving it a teaser. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but um, I wish you guys so much success. Uh, I, I think that when this comes out uh, and you get more songs out there, uh, I think I think you guys are going to see a lot more appreciation, a lot more growth in what you do. Not that you haven't from the previous albums, but uh, to me, there's something about this one. And and you know, I'm, you know, again, maybe it's the half of the band that contributed you know, newly to the album. Uh, but um, I, I'm hoping that everybody else sees the uh, the corner turning for you guys, because I think this is really good. So thank um, you so much. I thank you for your time. Um, you know, I, and that's really all I got. I thank you for everything. <laughs> I thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was awesome. All right. Really. And I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah.
to 